0: This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com.
1: Welcome back. I'm Elliot Harris, and on the phone is David Spada in court on a DUI. Right, David?
2: Exactly. I was trying to talk to the last guest, and I was talking to myself like usual, and no one was (laughs) responding.
1: Well, it's not the first time you've talked to yourself. It won't be the last.
2: Exactly. Also, When when I start hearing voices, I'm in trouble. Well.
1: I don't know how to help you out with that. Anyway, also on the phone we have former NBA star, former college star JoJo White, played at Kansas, as I recall, all too well, many years ago, and also for the Boston Celtics, primarily. A couple other stops along the way, but I, I think most people remember JoJo as a Boston Celtic guard. How are you, JoJo?
0: I'm doing absolutely fantastic. <laughs>
1: Now I'm old enough to remember when you were in college, and I, I, I went to Missouri. I remember Kansas coming to Brewer Field House. I remembered JoJo White. They weren't exactly jump shots. You get on the tips of your toes, and from about 25 feet out, you just put in basket after basket.
0: Well, you jump as high as you need to jump. Okay. <laughs> and,
1: and then I remember, thank God Ted Owens is the coach at Kansas. Otherwise, JoJo White would be scoring about 30 points a game. He just had you running the offense pretty much.
2: Pretty much. What was it like in college when you played that double overtime throw against UTEP, which was Texas, Texas Western back then?
0: I still say my foot wasn't on the out-of-bounds line, <laughs> but uh, be, be neither here nor there. My experience at the college level was fantastic. I, I enjoyed all four years at the University of Kansas.
1: Now, how did a guy from St. Louis end up at,
0: in Lawrence, Kansas? Well, it was uh, it was the next township after Kansas City once you got out of out of Lawrence, and I, I didn't know anything about the uh, University of Kansas. It was really the last school that I visited and fell in love with it. I fell in love with this running back that was there named Gale Sayers. You,
1: you were there on a recruiting trip when? Oh we, yeah, during the football season when Gale was still. Uh...
0: Yes. Okay. And. From- for me, I mean, I mean, he was a phenomenal athlete. For me, I was intrigued with, uh, you know, his ability to play that game.
2: Could he play basketball at all, or just football?
0: I don't think he was a basketball player, but he was a tremendous, a tremendous athlete and in, in a football player.
1: Okay, so you go from the Jayhawks to being a first-round pick by the Boston Celtics. What, yes. what goes through your head when that happens?
0: Well, I, I was, uh, um, I thought I had died and went to heaven. I mean, you, you get the opportunity. I, I followed these guys at uh, uh, the franchise for a number of years, and then my thinking was like everybody else. Is there anybody that's going to ever beat this this uh, uh, this team? And they were great for a lot of years. They won 11 championships in 13 years, so they had to been doing
2: something right. So but I was you, in awe and excited for the fact that I got drafted by them. But when you get drafted, Bill Russell announced his retirement, you're kind of like, what are you doing to me, Bill? <laughs> Yeah,
0: I, I did ask that question.
2: He told me uh, uh, later on, as we, you know,
0: I got a chance to talk with. You, he said, "Had I known you were as good as you were, I wouldn't have retired."
1: Well, you were a seven time
0: uh, all
1: star. <laughs> you know, you would have thought he might have had a clue. He he, he does know something about. Well,
0: he about might have the... had a clue, but hey, you know, uh, everything you know, you you know, you you might uh, uh, think is doesn't always turn out that way.
2: And you played with Dave Collins and your Paul Stiles and John Havlicek. I mean, was there someone who basically helped you become a better player out of those three or all someone else?
0: All, every last one of them, the organization. I mean, uh, Red Auerbach was probably the the, the most gifted uh, leader that you could ask any, anybody to be, and he was certainly tuned in and sound uh, in terms of basketball uh, and, and passed all of that on to the guys that he brought in in the draft.
1: So did Red Arbach teach you how to smoke cigars at all?
0: Well, no, but that was uh, you know once we saw a, a cigar light up, we knew that we were we, we were headed or had a chance to win it, you know because he didn't fire up unless uh, he had the game in the
2: bag. Was Red a fiery coach, or was he more laid back?
0: He was he was both, you know uh, uh, he was a he was a, a psychologist, so to speak. I mean he. He'd say things to put the edge back on the player, you know, to make you feel like you're running even though he was running it. He gave you okay to think about or throw things out there on the floor that can be, that can go towards positive energy out on the floor. Now
1: you you guys with the Celtics won the 1976 NBA title, yes. and you were the MVP. Well, what's that feeling like?
2: Uh, it
0: was it, it's an awesome feeling that uh, your peers. Uh, you know, um, uh, vote you in for being the most outstanding player in a series. Um, and fortunate, you know, during that time, you know, you, you play up to, you know, a higher level that you even didn't know you could play up to. Uh, but, but that's maturing in the game itself as you go. If you continue to work, how, how good you can become in, in a position. So Ooh, I was the, t- the guy who was running the running the club. So learning how to run the club and utilize all those talents
2: that played alongside me.
0: Who gave me the toughest
2: time at point guard? Game. What defender?
0: Oh, it was a lot of them: uh, uh, Clyde Frazier, Oscar Robinson, Jerry West. Uh, I, I could go on and on. It was it was so many great players, you know, in, in the league during the era that I played in. And some you know when I came in were on wigs, um Hal Greer. Lenny Wilkins, all those guys. Maravich. I got a chance to play against all of these these great players.
1: Who was the toughest one to stop?
0: Uh, Every last one of them. Each one brought something special to the table, being an outstanding athlete. It's knowing how to develop, you know, those skills. You know, some were jump shooters, some were penetrators, some were quarterbacks, some knew how and where and when where to put that ball, when to run, when not to, when to slow it down, when to take shots, all of those different things that right now are not being taught.
1: Now, that triple overtime game in the 76 finals against Phoenix, was that the best game you ever were a part of?
0: It was the longest game I was ever <laughs> part
1: of. <laughs> and you got a lot of time on the court that yeah, day, too. I was just
0: fortunate to be able to deliver, you know, uh, I, would you believe those three overtime games I played without tape, because during regulation time, we thought the game was over. So we went back in the locker room. I cut my tape off. and Then they came back and said we had three minutes, two minutes and something left on, in the game. And it ended up going three more overtime.
2: What did your feet feel like after that
0: game? I don't know, but my, I was tired. I mean, I was never so tired, but uh, I, for some reason or another, when you, when you win, you, energy, you, you, it creates more energy. Uh, so I, I felt fantastic. I was just we were just fortunate enough that uh, we were able to win that game. Yeah,
1: but you played 60 minutes and you only had 33 points.
0: Well, you do what you have to do. <laughs> you do what you have to do. So, fortunately, I mean, even though I played a lot of minutes, uh, you know, conditioning and all the training that was going through allowed me to be
2: able to do that. What do you think about Phil Jackson when people say he was a better coach than Red Auerbach? He got, well, it's, it's of just a, somebody's yeah. opinion. I mean, everybody's got their own opinion.
0: You see, uh, well, I mean, it's not always in, in the championships. It's how you're able to reach and develop, you know, the talent and can consistently develop and, and put together. It's a lot of organizations can put put uh, players together, but it's not that many can put teams together. And knowing how to fit the talents together is, is, is something that not everybody can do.
1: Now you also played on the 1968 U.S. Olympic basketball team in Mexico yes. City. What was that experience like?
0: It was it was absolutely fantastic. I played against a number of outstanding college and uh, uh, players uh, who, who were Spencer Haywood, who was uh, out, out of high school, the youngest player I've ever played with, and uh, he was a, a phenomenal athlete. It was the first time I've ever seen a player that size play with his head up over the rim
2: you know, in basketball. So it, uh, uh, playing with him was, was a delight. Do you kind of feel bad that Julius Serving didn't go right to the NBA, that he went to the ABA because he might have been even better in the NBA?
0: Well, uh, we, we're kind of glad he spent a little time in the, in the ABA before he came to the NBA because he was a phenomenal talent.
1: Having your uniform number 10 retired as a Celtic What was that experience like?
0: Well, uh, you you feel honored that an organization feel, you know, that much about what you've brought to their organization, that they retire your name and hang your jersey up in, in, in the facility that you played in. So I was honored to be one of so many great ones that have played with the Celtics. Sam Jones, Bill Russell, Havlicek. Havlicek, perhaps, was the best I've ever played with on the floor. And so... All these uh, players that jerseys are retired in the Boston Celtics were phenomenal, phenomenal athletes for a long periods of time.
2: What do you think of today's game with these players? Do you think they play the game as hard as you guys did back then? I, I,
0: I don't think they're in the system long enough to you know play it as hard as we play. I mean, the rules are different than they were when we played. Uh, an athlete had to go four years of college. Now it's down to one year of college. And they're trying to fight to get two years of college. I mean, what suffers is the game. You see, so to be in, you know, uh, to be able to learn all the nuances, you know, of the game, you have to be, you have to go through a period of time to be able to pick all that up. It's more than just going out and being able to hopefully shoot the ball in the basket. It's more to the game than that.
1: And once upon a time, when you were in college, they had freshmen ineligible. They had
0: their own freshman team. Yeah, you had to play one year of freshman ball before you moved up on the basket.
2: So what do you it, think it, what do you think what's going on with the Celtics this year?
0: Well, I, I, I think we're gonna be just fine. Uh there's there still some opportunities out there, you know, some player trades and that type of thing. And plus we had a pretty pretty solid nucleus of players uh uh you know in our roster as as we speak. So I, I'm 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 excited about our, our roster and hope that we can add some to it.
1: Ever wish you could be back on the court, uh Point guard for the Celtics.
2: Every day. <laughs> You're still close I'm,
1: to the organization, though.
2: I, oh yeah, I'm, I worked in the front office. What's going on with the Celtics, here? I'm hearing they're looking to trade Rondo for Chris Paul. I mean, well, I don't get it. Rondo's it up.
0: You might hear a lot of this and that. I mean, that's just going around because of the, the the nature of the game right now. I mean, everybody's talking about moving somebody, but that's you know you might hear you might hear
2: anything out there right now. But, but Rondo is an all-around player. He's kind of like old school, whereas Paul's more one of these, I kind of think of him as like a punk kid, whereas Rondo just gets it done. Well, I
0: mean, it all depends on the talent that you surround them with. You know, um, uh, Chris Paul are outstanding point guards, and they're very rare in the league right now. You know, so you might you might hear a lot of things, but until it's done, it's, it's just rumor.
1: JoJo White, we want to thank you for being on talk. Sports and Torts, continued success.
0: I appreciate you having me on. Good luck to the Celtics,
1: except for maybe when they play the Chicago
0: Bulls. (laughs) I thank you so much for having me on. All righty. That
1: was Jojo White, the seven-time NBA All-Star, a terrific ball player, a very terrific human being as well. David Spada, good luck in court.
2: Thanks, Elliot, and I can't wait to hear that interview we did yesterday with Scott Drew. It was fabulous.
1: Coming up uh, shortly, Baylor basketball coach Scott Drew. Stay tuned. This is Sports and Torts.